To, to what Daphne was doing well she, she definitely came from that old school background where if you if you couldn't achieve what you wanted to do with uh, with what was available at the time then you would find a way using what was available mm. uh, the stories of her going into the BBC radiophonic labs um, at night time and rearranging them and having all of these different tape machines together yeah. and making huge long loops and things like that uh, is a good example of it, and then later, obviously, with the construction of the ceramics machine, that's that's uh, the kind of the pinnacle of, of that kind of thinking, isn't it? I I can't create something that I want to, so we'll just make it, yeah. and we'll take bits of a sewing machine motor and all these kind Does of. It really uh, have a sewing machine. I I think it might do, or something oh, very yeah. similar. Or maybe I'm getting confused with. Uh, I've seen online somebody has come up with that's it. Somebody online has come up with a way to uh, build your own ceramics machine, really, which does use a sewing machine motor, yeah, oh. um, with a variable speed pedal, of course, mm. forwards and backwards. So it's quite a useful motor. Yeah. <laughs> but getting back to that idea, um, yeah, I I have something that I want to achieve. I can't achieve it with what's um, available, so I'm going to reappropriate other things or, or make some make it myself kind of thing and that's that's something that I uh, understand and have a feeling with it's also very exciting as well with the circuit bending side of things because once you've got the bug once you know that there's all these untapped sounds lying within fairly ordinary looking toys um, it's an exciting thing and you never quite know what you're going to find lurking within a toy mm these things are just waiting to be discovered and that's that's a, a really exciting aspect of it interesting instrument because it's a it's a Roland 303 baseline but then this one is a slightly special one could you tell us a bit more about this devilfish thing yeah this isn't my handiwork I'll start by saying that <laughs> it's um it's there's a guy in Australia called Robin Whittle who has come up with this design and it's a modified TB303 as you say and he's kind of added various functionality to it it's kind of like a a 303 plus really there's all sorts of extra things that he's added in there and it's it is indeed a thing of beauty <laughs> seems as if it's become a kind of a standard instrument in its own right i mean the whole 
idea of circuit bending is creating new instruments and this one mm. seems to have been kind of solidified as like a classic it is very much a classic because obviously it was the sound of of the acid house movement and everything that's come from that since so it's been used in techno and acid and all those things so it's become an icon of that scene there's one in the Daphne Oram exhibition well whilst we're kind of talking about some early examples of circuit bent instruments like well acid house was kind of early 90s let's say can we go back to the the subject of circuit bending's root I know a while ago you mentioned uh, Reed Gazala yeah were you kind of influenced by him to get started in this or? Um, no, I actually found out about him later. Uh, I think my earliest influence on uh, to get me interested in circuit bending was a guy called Sonic Boom, who was one time member of oh, a band yeah. called Spaceman Three. Where he he did a an album called Data Rape, which was made entirely from uh, the sound of a circuit bent speak and spell, and I was familiar with a speaking spell as a toy and obviously it was in the E.T. movies and stuff like that but it just seemed incredible to me that you could get this yeah. fairly uh, ordinary looking kid's toy to make all these amazing sounds and so that's that was kind of what really first opened my eyes and ears to the potential of that. I've dabbled with it in bits and pieces since then but I've, since the internet came along obviously uh, it opens up everything to you but yeah Reed Gazala is the guy that really kick-started it I believe by accident I believe the story goes that he uh, he had some kind of toy amp or something that had been sitting in his desk drawer for okay. for years and somehow oh, cool. uh, either the batteries went in it or there was a loose wire or something but he heard this weird sounds coming from, <laughs> from his desk exactly drawer and um me. and that's that's how the whole thing started apparently and um but the the speak and spell has become you spoke about the 303 being a an iconic and a classic mm. synth in its genre well the circuit bent speak and spell is uh, is a kind of a standard as well now question i don't know i th i think she would like it mm. actually i think i think she would approve um i've often wondered if she knew exactly what she was going to get out of the oramics machine um it's a question that nobody seems to to be able to answer did she you know did she know exactly what was going to come out of it 
I think maybe after some learning on it, you know, some time spent with it, then perhaps she did. But at the beginning, I think it was sure. uh, quite a, a trial and error process, much like this. Oramex to Electronica is a temporary exhibition about electronic music history in Science Museum London, running till December 2012.